Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm super excited that you're here. If you're brand new to this space, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. We have an amazing guest today, Tanya Wheelis. I'm going to tell you how I know her and all about her in one second. But before I dive into that, I just had a little thought about August. So in August in the US, there's many of us who are transitioning back into the school year and there's others who it's sort of the end of summer. But no matter which place you're in, it's kind of a moment of transition. We're ready to move into fall. We're starting to feel that. And with fall, as a parent, can come busyness. I was just looking at the calendar with three kids getting older and what that can entail. And I just want to throw out there that we have a little bit more control of feeling too busy than we think we do. And a lot of what I try to do on Plan Simple is give you guys the tools you need to really show up to the life that you want. And actually, Tanya today has some great tools as well. And so I am going to be hosting a challenge in a couple of weeks. And I just wanted to tell you guys about it now. Um, and the challenge is really going to be five days about really claiming your fall and helping you with this, this transition from sort of summerness to fallness and what that could feel like for you. So stay tuned. If you're not on the Plan Simple Meals email list, hop on that. Go to plansimplemeals.com. Get on the email list. And we have a lot of big changes coming up this fall. So go do that now. <laughs> um, right now we're we're revamping all of our systems so that they're all going to be sort of coming from different places coming soon. But get on that list and we will tell you about that challenge, which is coming up the last week of August. And it should be really good timing for anyone, whether you're transitioning into school in September or you've already been in it for three weeks. Sometimes when you've been in it for three weeks, it's a great time to just come up and take that breath. All right, you guys, Tanya Wheelis. Tanya is the founder and CEO of Happy Grace, a company whose products give women a simple daily system to keep their souls healthy, happy, and refreshed. A passionate speaker, writer, and entrepreneur, Tanya's mission is simple. Help every woman become the woman of her dreams by applying the ancient wisdom and cutting-edge research that has changed her own life. You guys, this woman is amazing. We were part of a mastermind together in California, so I know her personally. She is just bubbly and full of energy, and you will hear her full story in one minute because it hasn't always been this way, and she really shows us how good enough can really be the enemy of happiness and how we really have to claim our happiness. And she has lots of great advice on this podcast and lots of great tools for us to take advantage of. And you will see that she has this same huge belief in the magic of 90 days. I made the flow planner in 90 days very much on purpose. And she made her happiness journals that way as well. So with no further ado, let's get Tanya on the show. Hey, Tanya, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. 
Hey, Mia. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here because we're going to talk about like my favorite topic ever, happiness, I think. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Um, happiness should be a top, at least a top three for everyone listening. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like you, so tell us, tell us a little bit, like you're going to explain, you're going to give us all these ideas I know about how to stay happy on a daily basis, but tell us a little bit about your journey that got you to where you are right now. Sure. Yeah. So I think for me, um, obviously like happy, we all want to be happy, but it was certainly never something that I really focused on. I mean, probably a lot like you, I'm very kind of type a, um, you know, put a goal in front of me and I'll race towards it. And so as a young adult, that was really kind of my focus. Like I graduated from college. I immediately went to law school. I immediately went to work at a big firm um, you know, in by like 25, um, and was traveling and was like immediately thrust into a very corporate stressful world, which I loved, like it was great. Um, but I just kind of kept putting one foot in front of the other and it was like, okay, how am I going to climb? Like what's next? And so after about three years of practicing law, I, um, applied for a position, one of my clients at the firm, Uh, their CEO was leaving and, you know, I was 27 and I thought, why not? I could do that job. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) I know. So I I look back on that and I'm like, man, I had some serious moxie. Um, (laughs) But I, so anyway, I threw my name in because um, I just thought it would be a ton of fun. I loved the client. Um, I loved what they were doing. And long story short, I ended up getting that position. And so- Yeah. And so at 27, I became the president and CEO of the Arizona Bankers Association um, here in Arizona and worked with a board of um, bank presidents, you know, everything from everyone from B of A, Wells and Chase down to um, a lot of community banks throughout the state. And I did that for almost seven years and absolutely loved that job. It was um, a ton of advocacy. So at our state capitol, with Congress back in Washington. I was there with the bankers from 2004 to 2010. So I was right there during the Great Recession, which, um, you know, was about 08 to 2010. And that was really the first time, Mia, that I was like, um, this is feeling really hard. Like I felt like I was starting to lose myself. And again, I had just been that hamster perpetually on the wheel. The difference was, you know, that was cool when I was 26 and single. Um, but at this point in my early 30s, I was married. I had a toddler. I had two young stepchildren. I had a husband who traveled a lot. And I had this really demanding job. And um, it started to feel overwhelming. And I wasn't happy. Like, you know, there would be happy moments for sure. But when I was out on my um, daily runs, um, I was, would end up in tears more often than not, you know, just all of that emotion. And so that was sort of the big wake up call for me where I was like, you know what? I, I didn't work this hard to feel this crappy a and B I'm pretty sure that life is, um, supposed to be filled with more joy. And, um, so I did something for me that was super drastic. I talked with my husband and actually decided to step away from my um, career 
which was so hard because my whole identity was really wrapped up in that, you know, I mean, that's what I've been working on for a decade. Um, but I knew, I knew to kind of figure out what was going on. I knew that if I was going to get my happiness mojo back, um, I was, I couldn't keep all the balls in the air. And so that really started my journey into, um, greater self-care, greater introspection. Um, I did a ton of mindset work. I worked with coaches and therapists and sort of did all the things. And that was, I would say, the genesis for me really being intentional about happiness in my own life. I love that. And so how did you know in that moment, maybe you didn't know, that there was happiness on the other side? I feel very often I hear people just sort of be like, oh, I guess this is the way it is, or, or just try to be happy through it all thinking this mm-hmm. is the way it must be. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true, right? This, maybe this is as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think for me, I think I actually felt that for some time. And I, I've often said to clients and to people, uh, groups when I'm speaking to them is that, you know, good, like good enough. Um, can really be the enemy of happiness because when things just kind of feel like, eh, like it's okay, it's good, that doesn't generally drive us to create change. And so most stories that you hear, it's of someone hitting like some rock bottom point, right? Whether it's like um, Ariana Huffington passing out on the bathroom floor or addiction or whatever it is, or in my case, just crying all the time. And so I think for a long time, I, I was one of those people that was like, maybe this is just what being a grown up is, right? This is right. being a, a working mom. But I think for me, what clicked is when I, it just felt bad. And I started to recognize that I was not showing up as the mom I wanted to be, you know, like I'd come home from work and I had this, you know, beautiful family and particularly this tiny toddler, which is, you know, they just give so much love. And I, 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 felt like I didn't have a lot to give. Right. And for me, that was, that was really huge. And then also just generally thinking, no, like crying every day, like that's not good enough for me. Maybe that's good enough for someone, but not for me. And so, um, yeah, so I think that was it. It was definitely gradual. And there were definitely years where I just kind of hung my hat on the happy moments you know, which we all have. I mean, are you kidding me with the fam? Like we would have happy, you know, family dinners and we'd go on trips and certainly I was not, you know, crying through every day. And so I'd sort of hang my hat on that. But at the end of the day, in the quiet of my own mind, you know, when I was sitting there by myself, feeling like I could burst into tears at any moment, it was like, no, no, you, Tanya, I deserve better than this. And so that was it. I love that. So, okay. So it sounds like you dove all in, which is a similar mm-hmm. story to me, with, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is a similar story to, a, you know, in different ways for all of us who are trying to help other people feeling in this situation. So my guess is that like me, you are now help, wanting it to be simpler than it was for you, for other people. So for Absolutely. anyone- so for anyone listening who's like, oh my God, like either it doesn't have to be this way or mm-hmm. I wish I had a path, like what are, what are your top things that you would tell somebody who really feels like they want it, they want it to be happier, they want 
there to be more joy on a daily basis. And they're just feeling like really either from work or from, you know, just being with the kids all the time. They're just feeling the grind. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say is the fact that they're even asking themselves that, yay, like celebrate that. Because the first thing you have to do is give yourself a break. You know, I think, I think we are really hard on ourselves and we have high expectations for ourselves. And so the first thing I would say is if you are feeling that, I want you to commit to give yourself a break and just, you know, wake up every day saying, I'm going to do my best and my best is enough. Yeah. And, and let that, let that be okay. And on some days your best is going to be more than it is other days and that's okay. But I think yeah, that's the- interesting. I wonder if it's true. I, it's funny because I was just talking to someone yesterday who is so seeing that it can be better right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you could just hear the push, you know, like of wanting to go, go, go to make it that way. And I wonder yeah. if in that moment when you see, like where you, when you really in your body feel like it can be different, um, what we want to do is push because I think that's just what we're programmed to do in other areas, I guess. But it's really that ability to just stop is so important. Totally. You know, I mean, if we want life to be different, we have to be different, yeah. right? That's just the bottom line. But you're right. So many of us who get to this place of burnout, who get to this place of not feeling fulfilled or happy, it's usually because we have pushed, 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 pushed ourselves to the brink. And so we think, okay, I'm going to get aggressive about happiness. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to push, push. But if we want to feel different, we have to be different. And so for sure, I think that was a big part of it for me. And certainly with other clients that I've worked with is you just have to step back and say, I'm not going to push. Like, I'm just going to let it be. And, and no, you know, for the, the type A's out there, know that that's probably somewhat temporary, right? Like you're going to get your equilibrium back, but until then, just, just allow yourself to be enough because you are. I think that's the first thing. The second huge thing for me, Mia, was, um, letting go of the stuff that I could not control. I realized how much of my like angst and sort of energy was being directed at wanting things to be different, wanting people to be different, um, wanting, just trying to control everything, right? Because I felt like if I could control it, then I was going to be able to keep the balls in the air and that would make me happy. And that was probably one of the deepest sources of my unhappiness was all of that energy. Um, Will you give us an example of something that maybe we can't control, but ends up? For sure. Um, so the, our mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so a couple, and these might resonate with, with different people differently, but I think one of the things for me, um, being in a blended family, co-parenting with someone who did not live in our home, very challenging, mm-hmm. um, very challenging. And so what I always struggled with is I had this vision in my mind of how I wanted my home to be with all three of the kids, right? Like I didn't want there to be separation and we were doing it and we were happy. And the reality was that, that they only got to be with us half the time, right? And so I had to adjust to someone else's way of doing business, which is not to say it was better or worse, but um, as an example, I like my calendar. <laughs> I yeah. like to know what's coming up. I like to look 
three weeks ahead and with two working professionals, we had to do that. I didn't always get that kind of support, right? From yep. the co-parent, not because it was bad. It was just a different way of doing things. I spent so much time, Mia, reading into that, like feeling like it was personal, right? Like, yep. oh my gosh, like they're not telling us because they don't want us I mean, just... And most of the time, I truly, like now with some space, it was just a different way of doing business, right? It wasn't personal. But if I could go back and change that angst, because what does it do when we start to feel that way and get all wound up? It impacts our relationships with other people, right? So then I'd be at my husband, why isn't this way? You should do this. Oh, like even going, even thinking about it now, it's like angst ridden. So I think... (laughs) So I think anyone who's in a situation and maybe you're not even co-parenting with like an ex-spouse, but you know, even between yourself, you know, you and your husband or you and your wife. Yeah. And I feel we do that a lot with kids. Like, you know, like I, we, we want some outcome. And so we plan our best for it, but we can't, you know, we really can't control that. So if you don't like all those things that you need to do, that you think you need to do to make the outcome you think you want, mm-hmm. um, it's really somebody else's outcome. It, you know, if you're not enjoying that process, that I think, I feel like can be a very big source of huge you know, stress for parents. Huge. And that applies to, right? Like your kids, your significant others, people at work, yeah. coworkers, bosses. I mean, parents so it, at school. For, oh God. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like any, it, and it's a people issue, right? But here's yeah. the thing that I learned is that it was really a me issue. And I think the faster that we can own that, right, that we are in control of that and that we need to stay in our business, um, that creates a path to happiness. And so what I always say is you're the boss of one person and one person only. I can only control my thoughts, my actions, my feelings, I cannot control anyone else's. And if you stop and take inventory of how often you do things, because, oh my gosh, I want them to feel, um, I want them to feel appreciated. So I'm going to kill myself to make this, you know, teacher appreciation basket, even though you've got 10 other things going on. Or, oh my gosh, I want, I want him to like me. And so I'm going to do X. It is stinking exhausting. I mean, really, and, but we're so programmed to do it. And so again, once you've given yourself a break, the second step I would say is let go of everything that you can't control. And that's basically everyone else and the way they feel, act, and think. Yeah. Um, and as you start to loosen that grip, you're like, okay, it is what it is. <laughs> yep. I love that. We do a practice actually in the flow planner, like in the process, the very first or the second step really is to just take time, a half hour, hour, however long it takes to just mind dump everything. We we call it a master list. Mm -hmm. Just like get everything down on paper. Um, That's just in your head because it's taking up so much space. But then one of the first things we do with that list is cross off all the things that we actually couldn't go on our calendar because we have no control over them, right? Yes. Like we actually, they couldn't be an item on the calendar because we can't control that that would happen. I love that. Yeah, I love it. And then the flip side to that is, right? Because the flip side then is this actually helps you regain your power, right? This actually, because it gets you focused on what you can um, create change about. So like if I take that scheduling situation, I could never make someone else, you know, share a schedule with me um, 
sooner or faster or more completely. But what could I do? I could start to know that, okay, these are the certain days when there's usually activities. Or you know what? I'm not going to jam up our evenings because stuff just comes up, right? There are things that I could do. And when we're back in that place of feeling like we have control over our own lives, that also starts to lead to greater happiness, right? There's nothing worse than feeling trapped or helpless. Yeah. There just isn't. Yep. I love that. All right. Was that three? I think that was probably three. Yeah, that was I might've been four. I might've snuck one in. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Those are all good. So I, and it's summer for some people. I know some people as this is going live are going, are back into school if you're in warmer climates, but as this is going live there, you might still have some time. And so there might actually be a moment. Although I actually, I always take a break in the fall when my kids are back in school. That's when I actually do a pause because I find in the summer we can just go, go, go in different ways mm-hmm. as parents. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> when there's a different camp every week or whatever life. Right. <laughs> there's um, like zero and, flow. <laughs> exactly. And so when we get back into that rhythm, sometimes it can be a relief in the fall and we can really give ourselves that gift of just a day um, mm-hmm. or more. We all deserve yeah. it and we so rarely take it. So rarely. And that has become a big focus for me. I mean, I would not have called what I was doing eight years ago, self-care. And certainly eight years before that, I would have been like self-care, like what is that? But where I sit today, self-care, taking care of myself, being responsible for my own care and nurturing and happiness is huge, it's huge. Okay, so now I wanna share with people kind of a little bit more about what you do um, in two different ways. First of all, Tanya makes these amazing, and you guys know I'm picky, (laughs) books, but I am a big, big fan of workbooks, actually. I love, love, love workbooks. So we're going to get into what those are, um, what those look like in a sec. But one of the things I wanted to point out about your workbooks is that they're also 90 days, which is how the flow planner works and how I Mm -hmm. think. So let's talk a little bit about 90 days. Like why, why 90 days? Yeah, I think someone turned me on to this years ago. It actually might have been um, Amber McHugh, who runs a... Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, right, Amber? So she's all about business productivity. And I think she was the first person who introduced this idea of 90 days to me. And since then, um, I've read several books about it and done some research. And there really is, from my perspective, and I'd love to hear what you think about it, Mia, but there's some magic in it, right? Because mm-hmm. to, to be successful at anything, it's all about breaking it down into manageable pieces. And so that's why I think so many of us um, don't follow through on New Year's resolutions because we start at the beginning of the new year and it's like, this year I'm going to you know, lose 50 pounds, like whatever it is. Yeah. That feels so big in, yeah. in the moment. And so I'm all about breaking things down into actionable pieces And for me, and this is probably comes out of the business world too, where we think along quarters, it's like Q1, Q2. Um, But that's really the space where I feel like within 90 days, we can accomplish more than we think we can. Yet when we're doing the planning, um, we constrain ourselves a little more. So it really forces us to be like actionable. And so for me, when I was translating that to the workbooks, a big part of what I'm doing in the, in the books is trying to teach a lot of these um, lessons and mindset shifts 
that led me to greater happiness. And to do that, you need a period of time, right? It's not 10 quick ways and you read the article. And so the way I've organized the workbook is um, awareness, understanding, and mastery. So that you get three months to really work with these lessons and practice and internalize them to create real change. Because I'm not interested in just everyone feeling good, like they've read the checklist and, oh, I'm done. You don't, you don't create real change that way. Right. No, it's a practice and you have to tune into it. And I love them because um, I, I, lo- I love workbooks and I actually, there's like certain times of the year where I always dive into certain workbooks. One of them's after Christmas. Like I just love the concept of not having to have a blank page sometimes. Right. <laughs> to be able to work through something um, and work through it, like commit to working through it and writing, like writing's very important to me. And I just feel like a workbook gives you like a little bit more structure than you have if you just have a blank page. Now there's moments with exactly. blank pages, but there's also moments I just love the idea of workbook. Yes. And that was the thing. So like journaling is a great example. I think there's such, um, there's such release, right, in journaling. But to just look at blank pages, I used to think like, where do I start? I still think that. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know where to start. And so I agree. Like that was a big part of, I wanted to make the workbooks. I wanted to make them perfect for the woman that I had been, right? It's always like, what do I wish I had had when I was in this place? And I needed it to be effective. I needed it to be quick. And I just needed you to tell me what to do. Because honestly, I didn't have any more brain bites to figure it out. And so, yeah, that's what I love about workbooks. They're very directive, um, done right. They're very effective. Um, and they usually don't take a ton of time, which I think is like magic. Yes, I love it. Um, and so tell us about the ones that you have. Yeah, so I have three of them um, and they're all different, but they're all based on, I basically came up with um, a method. I was like, okay, how did I get here, right? That's what I just geek out. And after you realize you've made this journey, you're like, okay, how did I do it? And when I reverse engineered that, and I kind of put it into a fun little um formula. It's called the glow method. And so G stands for gratitude. L stands for letting go. O stands for owning it. And W stands for with love. So doing everything with love and not fear and also being loving to ourselves and others. And so what I did in each of these workbooks is um, you get 30 lessons that you're going to repeat three times. Again, awareness, understanding, mastery. But the beauty is Each page is one day and it takes less than 15 minutes. In the morning, you start with a fun, quick conversational lesson um, and space to set your daily intention, which I have become a real convert to being intentional about everything. And then you go about your day and there's usually some activity, right, to help you kind of integrate the lesson into your day. So you just go about your day like you normally would, then you come back in the evening and again, there are those prompts for gratitude and also for daily reflection. And the thing that was so interesting to me, Mia, when I was doing my research on gratitude, which is if you do nothing else, right, just being, um, having some regular gratitude practice will up your happiness almost immediately, right? Because it focuses you on what's working. But what was interesting is that they did studies where they found though that if if you have the same practice every single day, it can start to lose its efficacy. Because it becomes rote, right? You think about, oh, three things I'm happy for. 
my family, my health, and my job. My fa- right. You know, we can fall into that rut. And so one of the things that I built into the workbooks is um, there are a series of rotating gratitude prompts so that each day you actually think about it. It's not just what I'm grateful for today. It's, yep. you know, a, one of my favorite prompts is what went wrong today that turned out okay, right? So I saw that to, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it gets you to think about it differently where you're like, I was late to that meeting, okay, but because I was late, um, you know, I was able to see the end of my son's morning presentation, like whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, and so that's how, they, that's how they are. Each one has a slightly different focus. None of the lessons uh, repeat themselves in the books, but it's really about creating um, micro shifts one day at a time that at the end of 90 days create real change in sort of how you approach life, how you think about life, and absolutely how you're feeling. I love it. So good. I actually can't wait to get mine. I'm right Thank now you. on, I'm on the second month of the artist way. So that's oh, my cool. 90 day project. Mm-hmm. That's a <laughs> good one. I've done it before, but I was just having this like creative moment where I was like, I need to do that right now. So I'm always doing something for 90 days. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good practice. So we will put, tell everybody, I will put in the show notes how to get to those um, books and maybe. Well, yeah, definitely. It actually goes really well with the planner because in the planner, you know, you're more scheduling your time and this would be one of the things. It's funny. You have glow. I have flow. <laughs> so in flow, the L stands for lifestyle. And I feel like this or the O stands for OM. So it could fit in either of those things. Cause for me, self-care is really spiritual at this point in our lives mm-hmm. as busy for parents. Sure. So, um, you know, it would just be something that you would add into your calendar. So you actually do it every day. Um, and you're actually taking care of, you know, not just work and kids stuff, but you're taking care of yourself and your soul, which exactly. is so important. So I love it. Yes. So, yeah. so, so good. And it's become, it's really fun because they, so I launched the books. Um, it's been just over a year. So last June, and what was really fun was to get feedback from customers and, I've had repeat customers, which is really cool, but it sort of led to other things, excuse me, that I, I didn't think of. So like now I do a daily text message service because mm-hmm. people were like, oh, I want motivation. So it's just a free thing that I offer um, to people. You text happy now to 33222 and Monday through Friday, you get a little boost that is in alignment with the lessons in the workbook, which is fun. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. And the other thing that was really interesting to me, Mia, and I do, um, I've done live classes where I'm teaching the fundamentals of the book is that so many women are craving community and connection. And you do such a beautiful job of that with everything that you're doing. And I think it's a good thing. Like we need more of that. And so I'm trying to bring more of that into happy grace, but it's, so it's an evolution. I think that's the really fun thing is it's just an evolution of saying, okay, I'm going to put this out into the world. Now you tell me what else you want. <laughs> and that's, yeah. Right, so we'll, everyone we'll listening it. needs to go get one. And then for the next 90 days, and then you can give all your advice back to Tanya. <laughs> yes, exactly. Tell me what you want next. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I'm going to do it. I don't know that I'm going to tell you what I want next, but uh, well, I mean, I'll tell you what I want next, but I'm sure I'm going to love it is the way it is. So three pieces of advice. So if, what are, what are like three little things like that would be in those daily texts that we can do every day to really up our happiness? 
Yeah, so the number one would be gratitude. So I would come back to that because you can do that whether you buy one of my books or not. I want to encourage everyone listening to come up with some sort of daily gratitude practice um, where you focus on what you're thankful for, what's working, um, what you are grateful to have in your life. And so that can be prayer, that can be journaling, that can be there are you know a thousand gratitude apps, that could be writing it down in Mia's flow journal or doing it in one of my notebooks. But the, the important thing is to have a regular gratitude practice. That and, and, and your pick, is there like a golden number in that for you? Like three things I'm grateful for, one thing I'm grateful for, or is it just really being able to notice the little things? I like three, um, just because I kind of, I'm a fan of threes, 90 days, three months. I think yeah. I'm just kind of stuck on it. Yeah. Um, I think the important thing is to do whatever feels manageable to you, right? Yeah. So for some people, it actually feels easier just to do a brain dump, whatever's in their mind, right? Because they don't have to think about it. They don't have to discern the top mm -hmm. three. Other people, they're like, that feels overwhelming. I just want to pick one. So I would say do what feels yeah. good to you. And do um, what you can do every day, right? Like Totally. First, yeah. Yes. It is about the habit. And you know, one other idea, because I know Mia, you're big on like food and family time. I even talk about how you can create this gratitude practice with your family. So a great time to have a regular practice is around the dinner table, yeah. you know, have everyone go around and that could be your practice. And your what I especially love about that is now you're modeling it for your kids. And yeah. so they see that. And so that's, that's another way to, again, not to add something new to your to-do list, but to just integrate it into something that you're already doing. Yeah. And it's interesting that you shared that one exercise in your book, and then we're going to let you keep going. Cause I want to hear all three, but, um, and you shared that exercise about the bad thing because what we do at the dinner table, we call the the rose and the thorn or the happy sandwich sometimes people call it. Oh, love it. Where, where we sort of start off with, you know, the one thing that's happy from, from the day and then we say something that was worrisome or a little hard or, um, you know, didn't quite go as we had planned. And then we do the same for the next day, always sandwiching it with the happy thing. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. The happy sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, okay. So number two and number three. Okay. So um, after gratitude, number two would be um, to find quiet time every day. And again, this looks different. So some people meditate, which is great. Um, some people meditation freaks them out. So I would say to me, it's about just finding 10 to 15 minutes for yourself where you can just be in silence and yes. breathe, right? Just, that. yeah, because it's about reconnecting to yourself and that motion, that constant motion, that is a grind that takes its toll. Even if you're someone listening to this going, are you kidding me? I love my life. I love what I get to do every single day. Every, you will still benefit from just slowing down and taking this time for yourself. And this yep. could be one of my favorites used to be when I was still trying to figure all this out was when I pulled into the garage at night, um, before going immediately in, I would just sit there, you know, for five minutes and just close my eyes and breathe. And it was just a way to kind of bring me back to my center. Yep. Um, right. Well, and, and, that's and both of those things are also like food, Future, you're, you're sort of doing it for your future self. So either of those mm -hmm. things, if you don't feel like you need them today, um, they come in handy. Yes. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> come in handy at some point. Totally. 
Yeah. And then the, the third one is it's maybe not as like daily actionable, but it's something that I wish um, we did more of. I wish I had done more of, and that is to just dream a little more Yeah. Right about what life could feel like. And again, yeah. this does not embedded in that is not this, um, idea that your life is bad now. Like, again, even looking back to me, Mia, when I had that kind of like, uh Oh moment, there was a lot of really good in my life. Right. So it wasn't like my life was total crap, but there were some areas that I'm like, no, uh, this can be better. I want this to be better. And so my third tip would be to encourage everyone to really own what it is you want, right? That's the O and glow to own it. Like, don't, don't think, oh, I have to settle because this is the hand I've been dealt. Don't think, oh, I'm 35. Like I can't start over or, you know, I'm 40. Like this is just the life. No, like dream, imagine what it is you would want. And the minute you start doing that, I feel like energetically, it just starts to create space and it starts to create opportunity. And, um, and again, I go back to, cause I am a mom. I know you're a mom. I, I like to model that for my son. Yes. You know, I like to talk about dream big. You know, I've got some big dreams right now. Like I want to have my own television show. I talked to him about that, even though when I owned that Mia a year ago, like that made zero sense. But in yep. one year, I've worked myself into a place where on this local lifestyle show, I went from being a sometimes guest to yesterday. They just had me in and I was a guest and they had me um, co-host and I did my own segments. Like, wow, that's amazing. I know. And and so who knows if that's, you know, if, if being the next Ellen is really the thing for me, but simply by saying, you know what, I think that would be really fun. I think I would be good at that. All of a sudden it just opens stuff up. And now I'm doing something that makes me happy. It's fun. And, you know, I think there is value in that alone, whether or not there's money or, you know, all of those other gold stars that we're used to chasing. If it feels good, that's reason enough. I know. I love that. And it's so important to not only model it, but I think now that I'm getting, you know, your kids are older or Mm -hmm. two of them are, you know, now that I'm getting minor becoming teenagers, um, you remember that you have to let them do that too. <laughs> Cause yes. I think we were so programmed to stay safe. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And just so that nobody gets hurt. Totally. So interesting. And that has been a real practice, like talking about, so, um, so my son is 12, he's almost 13. So we do talk about like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, just kind of that fun fodder. Mm-hmm. And I really have to, you know, actually this is a great example. We're driving in the car with my stepson, who's now in his early 20s, Jake, who's about 12 at the time, and we're all driving. And Jake announces to his brother that um, when he grows up, he wants to be a YouTube, like a YouTube star. Because of course, mm-hmm. Jake watches Captain Sparkles play Minecraft, right? Mm-hmm. So, so he says this. And what was so interesting is that his brother immediately went into, well, really, how realistic is that? Like, um, I think maybe... And, and I could relate because that was the first thing I wanted to say, right? When Jake told me, but I had of course already coached myself out of it. And so it was this great point to share with both of the boys that, you know what, 
someone's got to be Captain Sparkles, right? Yeah. Like someone's got to be on YouTube. Like, why not you? And, and to say to my older son, who's very much in that space of thinking I'm going to have to be self-sufficient and have a job in pretty short order, but no, like they, there are all sorts of ways to do that. And, you know, my favorite saying is someone's got to do it. Why not me? Like, why not? I um, love that. We yeah. might just have to pull that out in this podcast. <laughs> I like it. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for your time. While oh, we're recording this to everyone who's listening, I'm hoping it didn't come in, but like my daughter's come home. <laughs> I saw knocked in the door and like, it's like it went by, but we're all good. It's all keeping it real. That's so, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. This is so chock full of things that we can go off and do. And I really appreciate that. Thank you, Mia. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everything that you're doing. I mean, I think simplicity, I love your cookbook. Um, we have used it with my son. And I just think, I think the more simple, um, the happier, you know, yeah. I kind of think it, it one flows from the other. So thank you for having so me. Thank you. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the end of every episode, we choose three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action. It's really important to do this and not just to pile your mind full of inspirational talk and not do anything about it. So I recommend choosing just one thing a week to focus on, to commit to, to put into your calendar and to play with throughout a week. I give you three but I do recommend that you choose one. So here we go. Three doable changes from Tanya's episode. Practice gratitude daily. There are a lot of ways to do this and none of them have to take a lot of time. You can say a prayer, write in a journal, add things you're grateful for to an app. You can even integrate your gratitude practice into something else you already do, like sharing gratitude at the family dinner table. And if you're have your flow planner. It is a prompt every day. We start every day with what we are grateful for. So it really does shift things when you can bookmark days with gratitude. All right. Number two, find quiet time every day. So every day, take 10 to 15 minutes for yourself where you can just be in silence and breath. You can meditate or you can just be quiet. That might mean getting up 15 minutes before your family to have that quiet time or to sit alone in your car for 10 minutes when you're about to go inside before anyone knows that you're home. You just have to figure out how to give yourself that time. 15 minutes makes a huge difference in a busy mama's life. All right. So number one, practice gratitude daily. Number two, find quiet time every day. And number three, Doable change from this episode is make space to dream. Y'all, this one is important. Let yourself dream about what life could look like. Own what you want, even if you can't imagine how you could get there. Simply owning your dreams starts to create space. You can do this in your 15 minutes of silence. You can do this in your journal, but let yourself dream big. It's a really important part in starting to realize your goals. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. If you've liked what you've heard, please make sure to go rate and review us on iTunes. That is really helping us find more people, more people find the podcast. So if you like it, that can be your part to helping more people find these words. See you next week. Mm -hmm.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.